Being a kid sucks. There, I said it. No cult of the child Victorian bullshit here. You don't get to do all the great things that adults get to do. Stay up late, eat whatever you want, drive, go shopping, pay bills, get insurance, look at stock options, cut down on your cholesterol. Kids just sit around, watching television, loading up on sugar, all while your parents force you to go to school and learn new and interesting things. Wait, what's I going on about? That's Mallory's problem. She wants to be treated more grown-up at the advanced age of 11. She wants to be older and join the BSC because that's what you do when you're a kid. You wish you were older and you try to impress older kids, who are practically adults as far as you are concerned. You try to impress them so much, you give them all your money without much coercion. That's not based on anything true or anything. It's not like the girl down the street asked me for money and I gave it all to her because she was so cool and tall and as big as a real adult and she could ride her bike with her hands off the handles and she had all these cool friends who said neat stuff like as if and I wanted to be just like them. That that never happened. This is rereading my childhood, The Babysitter's Club number 14. Hello, Mallory. Spectacles, eyeglasses, bifocals, trifocals, no matter what you call them, Glasses are glasses, and I have to wear them. Hello, I'm Mallory Pike. I'm 11. This is what we are greeted with. Synonyms for glasses. A greeting. A name. An age. Then she talks about her family. All seven younger brothers and sisters and their quirks. There are the triplets who are mean. The brother who wants to be like the mean triplets. The one who wants to be a poet and is annoying. The one who is silly. The one who is etc. She continues with her parents, who are fascinating. My mom doesn't have a job. I mean, a job outside of the house. Like being a doctor or an insurance salesperson or something. She says us kids are her job. And that with eight of us, it's a big job. Yeah, I imagine it would be a big job. However, if she doesn't have a job, why does she always need a babysitter? Later in the book, Christy refers to the Pikes as their best clients, which means they have enough money to live in suburban Connecticut, hire babysitters, have a house in Beach City, New Jersey, can actually go on vacation, have a woman who comes to clean, and raise this 10-person family. How about dad, Mal? My dad is a lawyer, but not the kind you see on TV making wild speeches in a crowded courtroom. He's what's called a corporate lawyer. He's the lawyer for a big company in Stamford, Connecticut. We live in Stony Brook, Connecticut, which isn't far away. Mostly he sits at a desk or attends meetings. Once in a while, though, he does go to court, but I bet he doesn't make speeches. I think he just stands up a lot and says objection and things like that. She doesn't go into detail, but a company that can pay a lawyer enough to maintain this level of lifestyle is one of two things. A corrupt company that provides an essential service but is destroying the world, akin to Amazon or BP, or more likely, a front for the mob. Mallory Pike's dad works for the mob. Say it with claps between each words. Louder for those in the back. Mallory Pike's dad works for the mob. Anyway, Mallory is excited because the BSC asked her if she was interested in joining the BSC. This is an opportunity for growth. She thinks this will be her stepping stone into semi-adulthood, as well as an opportunity to learn more about kids and babysitting from Stony Brook's premier babysitters. Before her first meeting, Mallory wants to look sophisticated, so she chooses to wear her, quote, red jumper that said Mallory across the front, a short-sleeved white blouse and white tights with little red hearts on them. To which her little sister Vanessa remarks, you look like a valentine. I don't know if Martin intended this to be hilarious, but Mallory's outfit is hilarious capital H. However, the funniest thing about the outfit is that Mallory has the word Mallory on her jumper, as if she's going to forget her name. 
or it was just to establish that this red jumper is hers and there is no debate about it. I'm surprised Claudia hasn't worn a shirt that says Claudia on it, but there's still more than a hundred books to go. Just before her first BSC meeting, Mallory has to sit through school. That's when we meet Jessie, or rather Jessica Ramsey, the new girl. She's tall and has long legs and is awfully composed for a sixth grader. Later, during lunch, Mallory sits near some girls from her class. Can you believe that new girl? Rachel sounded aghast. Who, Jessica Ramsey? I replied. What do you mean, who? Of course I mean Jessica Ramsey. Who else? I shrugged. What about her? What about her? cried Sally, this girl I've never really liked. Are you blind? She's black. I nearly choked. So? Well, she doesn't, you know, belong here. Where? I challenged them. She doesn't belong where? Sally shrugged uncomfortably. Al, I don't know. You get a Mallory. I was lukewarm on the eponymous jumper wearer, but she does something that we should all be doing to bullshit racism. She challenges them. She makes them say what they mean to say. She puts horrible men who say nothing when their friend is gross to a waitress to shame, and she's in sixth fucking grade. Also, wow, Stony Brook, I thought this place was welcoming. Now I see you for what you really are. When I read this passage, I honestly thought they were going to have a problem with Jessie because they think she's stuck up. I did not expect the blatant racism. Anna and Martin is not fucking around. During Mallory's first BSC meeting, her grown-up outfit does not go over well. Also, Christy sends Mallory on a trial babysitting job with Claudia at the Perkinsons. Mallory also reveals that the Ramseys moved into Stacey's old house. On the next meeting day, Mallory tones down the outfit, a sweatshirt that says, I'd rather be writing my novel, something I would have killed for when I was a kid, and leaves for Claudia's residence entirely too early. On the way there, she passes by Stacy's old house to find Jessie and her siblings outside. Hi, I said I'm Mallory Pike. You probably know that. I mean, but I wasn't sure. You must have met an awful lot of kids yesterday and today. I have, but I remember your name. I remember yours, too. Jessica. Jessica Ramsey. Right, Jessica grinned. Call me Jessie, though. She has a little sister named Becca and a baby brother named Squirt. His real name is John Philip. They didn't actually name their kid Squirt. Mallory and Jessie hit it off, and Jessie tells her a joke. A farmer is driving down a highway, and he sees a truck by the side of the road. It's got a flat tire, and the driver, who is holding a penguin, looks really upset. So the farmer pulls up and says, Can I help you? And the driver says, Yes, please. I'm taking this penguin to the zoo. It's right down the road. Could you take him there for me while I wait for the tow truck? The farmer says, sure, takes the penguin and drives off. The next day, the driver is going down the street and he sees the farmer with the penguin. What are you doing? He cries. You were supposed to take that penguin to the zoo. The farmer smiles. I did, he answers. And he had so much fun that day. I'm taking him to the circus. Okay, Jesse, not a bad goof, especially for a sixth grader. And definitely funnier than Louis C.K. Sorry but it's true. Jessie invites Mallory up to her room, and they bond over horse books and more jokes. It's sweet, and Jessie is cool. I was always ambivalent about both Mallory and Jessie when I was a kid, but I think I was just forced to be selective in my book buying. I couldn't get every book, so I clung to specific babysitters, Marianne mostly, so I could easily choose which books to get. Now that I'm an adult and I can buy as many as my budget allows, I can see the merit of Mallory and Jessie. Later, Mallory shows up to the next BSC meeting and is greeted with a bit of news. She is going to have to take a test administered by the BSC. You know, totally normal things that all babysitters have to go through with questions like, at what age does a baby cut its first tooth? Mallory answers eight months, 
but Christy says she's wrong. The age when a baby cuts its first tooth is seven months, because that one month is so different. Also, what is the difference between creeping and crawling? What I'm getting at is that the test they administer is unfair, especially when the other babysitters didn't have to take such a test. Did Dawn take this test when she joined? No. They only administer this test to Mallory. She, rightfully, becomes frustrated with them, but there's still hope. Her trial babysitting job with Claudia. Did you actually think that would go perfectly? There would be no book if everything went well. The first thing Mallory does is ask the Perkinsons what they want to eat. Claudia says, just give them something, something healthy. That way, there won't be any arguments. Which is fine advice, but Claudia didn't have to sound so haughtily about it. Miss, I hide candy in a bag behind my dresser. Then Mallory drops a glass and it breaks. Lastly, Mallory lets a dog in and he causes a ruckus. After each minor infraction, Claudia chastises her. During the next meeting, they agree to let Mallory join the BSC, if she goes through yet another test. Mallory refuses to take another test, as she should, and storms out of the club, bringing us to the second act. Mallory and Jesse bond over more books the next day at school. Then Jesse says that no one in school has talked to her. Her sister is also having trouble making friends. In fact, the whole town isn't talking to the Ramses. Jesse can't even join a ballet troupe in Stony Brook for fear of making everyone mad. I'm even thinking of not taking dancing lessons here. I don't know if it's worth it. Can you imagine it? They'd hold auditions for a ballet, but they never give me the lead, even if I was as good as Pavlova. Who's Pavlova? This famous ballerina. You know what would happen if they did give me the lead? What, I asked. Everyone would be upset that a black girl got it instead of a white girl. That's absolute bullshit, but it's absolutely true. Remember when they cast Amanda Stenberg as Rue? And they were great, and that character was actually black. Remember the bullshit when Zazie Beetz was cast as Domino? That was perfect casting, and she was great also, but people still got pissed that she got the part. Jesse is right. Jesse tells it like it is. Jesse also has horses and jokes. Nowadays, she'd have a popular horse comedy podcast. But it's the late 80s, and podcasts haven't been invented yet, so Mallory and Jesse decide to start their own babysitter's club because that's what keeps happening in Stony Brook. It's called Kids Incorporated, and the idea is that you get two babysitters for the price of one. They only get one job, for the pikes. While Dawn is on another babysitting job, she sees Mallory and a girl she doesn't know, Jesse, babysitting the Pikes and tells Christy. Christy calls the Pikes their best customers and sees Kids Incorporated as a threat. Meanwhile, Jesse is accepted into an advanced ballet class in Stamford, so that's nice. What's not nice is how no one has welcomed the Ramses into Stony Brook. Mallory remembers that Stacy's family had people over every day welcoming them into the neighborhood, but not the Ramses. That's some stone-cold racism right there. While Mallory and Jesse babysit Becca, they blow bubbles on their front porch. Becca made another bubble, and another, and at the house across the street, the door opened and a face looked out. Becca made a fourth bubble. A little girl stepped onto the porch. Becca made a fifth bubble. The girl tiptoed down her front stoop and halfway across the lawn to watch Becca and her bubbles. Look, I said, nudging Jessie. I know, she whispered. The girl reached the street, crossed it carefully, and ran to Becca. How do you do that? She asked. Those are the biggest Amy, called a sharp voice. An angry-looking woman was standing in the porch across the street. Amy turned around. Mom? Come here this instant, said her mother stiffly. Then she went back into the house, slamming the door behind her.
It's this simple scene that shows that racism is learned and not inherited. It's a powerful message to kids. You don't have to share the same prejudices as your parents. And we see the direct result of the woman's racism when Becca is crestfallen. She thought she was going to make a new friend in a town that has been nothing but cold to her. Let's hope that the mother didn't want young Amy to play with Becca because a bubble killed her father or something. Don't play with bubbles. You know what happened to your father. And I can't have that happen to you, too. Or we could just face the fact that Stony Brook has a dark underbelly. We only see glimpses into the city's connection with the mob, the orgies that all the parents go to to warrant competing babysitting companies, and the racism. But the clues are there. Stony Brook, the epitome of American suburbia, is a Schenectady that reflects the problems endemic with American culture. Or I'm reading too much into a book series aimed at the tween set. Eventually, the BSC realizes that they were being silly and invite Mallory to officially join the BSC. No more tests. To Mallory's credit, she insists they take all of Kids Incorporated, including Jesse. Like Michael Scott in The Office when Dunder Mifflin wanted to buy out the Michael Scott paper company and he insisted they take Ryan and Pam as well. The BSC accepts a full takeover and Kids Incorporated is dissolved into the BSC. Good thing since Kids Incorporated wasn't doing very well. Again, like that Office episode. Before she accepts, Jesse brings up an important concern. But a lot of families around here don't seem, um, they don't seem to like me because I'm black. So I'm wondering, what if your clients won't want me to sit for them? I mean, that's not going to help you at all. It might even hurt the club. Oh God, Jesse, my sweet Jesse. Christy says that basically if they don't want Jesse to sit for them because she's black, then Christy doesn't want to sit for them. The BSC has new members, Jesse has some new friends, and even Becca becomes friends with Charlotte Johansson. As a kid, I was so lukewarm on Mallory while reading these, but this introduction to both Jesse and Mallory is a good book. Martin does a good job confronting racism in the kid's book without sugarcoating it or making it too hard for kids to understand. I like how Mallory doesn't take any shit from her friends about Jesse's skin color, and she helps her even when the BSC sounds a little ignorant about how Jesse has been treated. There's a brief scene where Marianne can't believe that Jesse has been treated poorly, but Mallory tells them about the bubble-fearing woman and how no one has welcomed the Ramses into Stony Brook. As far as I'm concerned, Mallory is cooler than me when I was 11, and she probably wouldn't have given random older girls all their money, unlike this other person I know. You don't know her. She lives in Canada. I mean, it's just a story I came up with about a girl who lives in Canada. I swear, I'm not talking about me. Her name was, um, Blamey. 